Raisin Man Arena. Welcome to Raisin Man Arena. <laughs> so good to be here today with everybody. We got a wonderful guest on the couch. Um, filmmaker, you. actor, Dylan Redford. Hello. Hello, Raisin Man Arena. And then we have the regular people that are always on. Right. It's me, Sarah. And I'm Sam. Yep. And I'm Felipe. So that's the five, four people that are on. And then Lena Engelstein's in the room, in, in the studio audience. That's right. Yeah. Um, Dylan is a huge surprise guest. Big we, surprise. We only found out this morning. <laughs> I found out. I found out yesterday when I got coffee with him. Yes, because I asked him. <laughs> That's also when I found out yeah. as well. And yeah. I was psyched to hear it because I've never met Dylan in real life. I know. Have you? You met them? I haven't met yeah. you in real life. No. No. And mm. I just met Felipe in real life yesterday. yesterday. Yeah. Or on uh, on Sunday at the premiere of Dogleg. Right. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Brain dead first brain dead feature. First brain dead feature. And Correct. you're an actor in it. I am an actor in it. Yes. Oh. Do you think of yourself as an actor or as a director? We're in this. Damn, we're getting in this. Damn, let's strap in. <laughs> let's do it. Let's go. Oh God. Um I I I like acting, but I don't think of myself as an actor. I think I like to think of myself more as a director, but I tend to sort of always end up in my own stuff, whether right. I like it or not. So yeah. What what maybe a good way to start is we can each go around and remember the right. f f when we were first aware of Dylan Redford yeah. and who he was and then we can have Dylan open and explain who he is. Okay. Yes. Cool. Or maybe great. a misconception that we have about him. Right. Or exactly. Yeah, rumor. Exactly. Um, I'll tell you guys that while you do this, I'm going to have to be fixing the video. So just. That, that sounds really. That yeah. sounds good. Okay, cool. cool. Um, and then I'll also say Lena's in the chat. Lena's oh, great. Okay. Sister, and she's kind of supporting him. To so the question about whether he's an actor or director, she said both, bitch. Okay. And, thank yeah. you, Lena. <laughs> yes, I am both. Um, you're right. Cool. That we talked about this. I am both. Thank you. <laughs> God, thanks for reminding me. We did a little pep, did a little pep talk before this. Thank um, you. Which that reminds me, this is, we'll get to this later, but I do, I'm curious about what it is like to have a sibling who is kind of artistically aligned with you. Yeah. We all have siblings, but none of them are really like, yeah. even adjacent, it feels like, to yeah. stuff that we do. But that I'll is a great, a great question. Yeah. So let's, but I'll say the first time that I became aware of Dylan was when I saw Big Parade. Oh yeah. Yep. Which classic. He's in. Harrison, Harrison Fishman. Fishman. Classic John. Classic. And uh, Dylan plays a cop in it. Yes. Yeah. Hey, Cam, but Dylan, also just make sure that mic is real close. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No problem. Yeah. All right, I'm back online. I'm back online. I fixed Great. it. I think. Let's okay. hope. Okay. That so, was my first. Time. Okay. So, so you saw him in Harrison Fisher, and I thought movie. it was great. And I was stunned by the parade part. I, oh, as yeah. a producer at the time, I was like, right. "How'd they produce this parade?" Oh yeah. It was just a parade that was happening. Parade that was happening. Yeah. Mm. Parade that was happening. That's key. Key. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah, that's the Fourth of July. Yeah. You make a whole movie around it. Yeah, totally. Exactly. And just so you're aware, Raisin Min listener, if you're wondering who Harrison is, mm. you can go back to a previous episode where we interview him. Right. Um, and you can see that we're we're slowly trying to build out a world. The Raisin <laughs> Man Arena world yeah, of yeah, different yeah, people yeah, yeah, that yeah. we know. Sort of mm -hmm. GoPro expanded so universe. This yes. would be yeah. a key, a keystone in that arch we're making. Yeah. We're going through every single person that was part of Borscht between <laughs> right. 2016. To get to the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Um, Why was it so powerful? Yeah. The yeah. first time I was aware of Dylan was I saw the Miami video oh, yeah. you made, uh, which, you was, Miami, which was a Vimeo Fast staff time. pick. Mm. And I you didn't even <laughs> know it was you. Like I, I then found out about you later mm -hmm. and I didn't put it together that you had made that video. You were literally until way saying after. my anecdote. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't even believe that this is what yeah, happened because it's so close to my <laughs> anecdote. Well, well, maybe you've heard Sam tell it before and it's a false memory. Yes, yeah. 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 Totally, yeah. totally, totally. Um, so... But it was funny. It was a Vimeo staff pick. Right. And, and I think Ian showed it to me, or maybe it was Felipe, um, <laughs> showed it to us, probably. That's why it's the same memory. And uh, I thought it was really, really funny. So that's, that's my first like, count encounter with you. Yeah. No, I mean, same. Uh, Pedro sent me the trip to Miami back when he was first in Borscht. And um, I also didn't connect that it was you until like, like re very recently. Um, but it was a movie I liked a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So you, who are you, man? So who am I? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I made that film in like around 2017, I think. Um, I was living in Minneapolis at the time. I was working at an at a, um, art museum. And I was working in the moving image collection. I was like kind of a researcher. 
I was like much more in the, like the academic art world. Like that was what I was excited about at the time. Yeah, just that phrase, moving image. Yeah, moving image, right? You the know. Wait, <laughs> they don't say movie. No, no, no. Image that moves. Yeah, no, no, really no. descriptive. Yeah, yeah, yeah moving yeah. image. <laughs> Nothing um, is simple in the art Moving forward, world. when we talk about yeah. film, we say moving image. Right. <laughs> so just to set that. Um, so was, I was working in that department and I was watching a lot of stuff. And honestly, I was watching a lot of like artist-made films and... Um, like experimental doc stuff and like performance art and stuff like that. And um, I had known about uh, Boris through Jillian Mayer. who's like a sculptor and video artist. And I don't know who the fuck that is. Wow. Rare. You hear a name. You wow. Know who it is. <laughs> yeah. Jillian sort of was a part of the group that helped start Borscht. I see. Um, and and what is Borscht? Just real quick. Yeah. yeah. Borst was a filmmaking nonprofit slash sort of collective that was based in Miami and ran for about 10 some years. Um, and they supported, they're sort of a nonprofit that supported filmmakers both in Miami and also from elsewhere, brought them in to make stuff. And they were kind of focused on trying to reimagine the sort of filmmaking landscape slash legacy of South Florida. So I think they were, the, the interest was in kind of like playing with or complicating the idea that like Miami is just a place for like, you know, indulgence and pleasure. It's actually mm. a place for like meaningful movies. And suffering. And suffering. Yeah, yeah yes. totally. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, it's too. such an incredibly diversity that there's just so many different types of like stories to be told that have nothing to do with South Beach. So yes. I think that... And Spring th- Breakers. Spring Breakers, yeah. correct. So did, so did the movie Spring Breakers loom large over the Borscht imagination? <laughs> you know, I, my, I remember, this is my memory of it, and I could be wrong, that Harmony Corinne was not a fan of Borscht. Really? Wait, when did no that come way. out? I, I think it was because, I don't know the full story, but I think it was something about, um, I think that... I think he had, I, I think he maybe came from Austin. He had had a bad experience with the regional art scene. And I think just was like, I don't want to have any involvement in regional filmmaking. Something along those lines. That's what I'd heard. Wow. And so he was like, it's too, it just gets too sort of toxic and weird. And I just want nothing to do with it. And I, I, He's I like, honestly, I only fuck with Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. Well, exactly. I only fuck I with think, Hollywood yeah. gives me money to go Period. to Tennessee <laughs> and I can film poor people there. Yeah. Exactly. But, exactly. But they're not making films. It's funny to reject something categorically like regional filmmaking. Totally. I, I, <laughs> I also think I, that might be also like the projection of the local filmmaking scene. Mm. I also think he just moved to Florida paint and like kind of to be like, fuck off. I want to do my own thing. And I just don't think he cared. Um, but I think as, you know, we tried to do things where we would like program a screening that and say that he programmed it and he didn't, you know, just like get his attention. Wait, for real? Yeah, that's yeah, funny. Yeah. That's really funny. And like he didn't care. <laughs> so it was wow. just like embarrassing for us because we were like. Why he didn't take the bait. No, didn't he take didn't the take the bait. He didn't take the bait. I don't give a shit. He's like, I am not going to fuck with you. Um, <laughs> so, nice try. I know. It was yeah. like that's really bro. humiliating. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So it was. Um, it was it was great and it supported a lot of great movies. It had its big like hit with Moonlight, um, which I think like Borscht was involved in helping us sort of get off the ground and um, and I got involved around 2018 after I made my film with them. Yeah. Let me ask you this because I remember Pedro would say this to me, but was there a point where you were like, oh, I could just be in Miami. I don't have to go to L.A. I could just make my movies here sort of permanently. Yeah. Yeah. I, I felt like there was a there was a moment in my life where I was like, I could imagine like really building or being a part of something like really long lasting here. Mm. Um, I think that as time went on, it started to feel less and less sustainable as a place to live. Like, also just the way Miami functions, it's very, like, focused on the short term sometimes. Like, the speculative real estate market kind of defines everything. So things Mm. happen so quickly. Things go out of business super quickly. I learned that when I made that movie where I was, like, going to all these businesses in um, Miami because I saw that, like, most of the businesses that were open, like, a year earlier had already gone out of business. So hmm. things like change so quickly and like capital comes and goes so quickly. It's like a boom and bust town that I also, the more time I spent there, I was like, it's really hard to like make something sustainable here. Cause it's like 
the whole sort of economy is so sort of, I don't know, complicated and all that. So I think at first I thought that I could live here for a long time, but then the more time I spent, I was like, this is actually maybe a little bit harder than, than I thought. That's interesting. Was Borscht connected to any of the like big, because I know, what are the big like money, what's like the big source of money in Miami? I know there's like a big NFT moment. Right, like a big crypto. Sand, (laughs) cocktails, big cocktail (laughs) industry. Totally. Um, There, there's a foundation called the Knight Foundation. They did in like the sort of right after 2008. They they sort of started these. They they have foundations all across the U.S. I think they're related to a printing press. I think it comes from. an endowment from like a printing press family or something like huh. that. I, I, really? I don't actually know. Like Gutenberg. Um, like they're yeah, printing exact, Bibles. And, something like that. It's yeah. funny that they're filming, they're funding films. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's mm. kind of ironic. It is yeah. kind of ironic. And they, um, yeah, so they have one, they have like, I think they have a chapter in St. Paul where there was a printing press and then they have one in Miami. I think they have some one somewhere else. I think um, they have one in Detroit. Yeah, they yeah. might have one in Detroit. And You've so, heard about this, Sarah? When I, the time I spent in Detroit, I feel like everyone was always talking about getting funding from the Knight yeah. Foundation. Yeah, I mean, it's I it's incredible. They're incredibly generous. I mean, yeah. and and they basically was like their experiment was like, can we turn Miami into a cultural hub through injecting all of this capital into like the regional art scene? And Boris was one of those places that received that capital, and then they they really helped build you know, the organization for all those years. Um, but they were really the ones that like were doling out the cash. Otherwise there's very little public funding for like anything. I see. Wait, so let's go back then. You yeah. were doing moving image stuff. Yeah. You hear about Borscht. Yep. Through Jill. Wow. Jillian. Jillian. Mayor. And then you travel there. Throw your coat away. Seven, yeah. Yeah. Throw my coat away. I was like, when I think about it in retrospect, it was like pretty insanely irresponsible what I did. Cause I basically was just like, I, I'm going to go to Miami. I don't have any clothes. I just have my laptop, <laughs> hard drives, and like a printed out because I knew that my phone was going to run out of battery at different points. I printed out. Uh, I printed some out the. At some point, it. I knew yeah. that was going to happen. I was going to not think that through. Um, just all the top 100 places to go in in Miami. No Advisor. Yeah, I just Actually. printed it out and I was like, all right. <laughs> so I. I get on the plane. And this is 2008. So this is like 1992. No, no, no. This is the, You're yeah, like this a is child. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, no. This is like two. This this is the winter. This is um, I think it was December. It was the first two weeks of no. It was the last weekend of November. The first week of December. The first week of December. And it was like freezing in Minneapolis. So I like went out and got an Uber and like my shorts and then like went to the airport. I got on the airplane. I was wearing all my cameras. No one cared. I just I just told people that I was making I had a YouTube channel and everyone took me way yeah, less seriously. What? What year was this? This is 2000. And, this is the winter of 2016. Wait, wait, wait. So you weren't part of Borscht yet. You were like, I'm no. going to Miami to film a video with a million. Oh, I had, I see, I see, so I see. they sorry to go back. They had given me a grant. They had given me like a thousand dollars. Borscht had. Yeah, Borscht had given me a grant. I, see, I, see, I had I see, applied. I, I had made a video where I'd like instead of writing anything in the grant application, I just like got in my like underwear and went into the bathroom and just covered myself in GoPros and like made a pitch for why they should fund my movie. <laughs> and they were like, cool. this is insane. And this guy's either like a psychopath or like could make a good movie. And so they gave me, you know, some money to make it. Um, they gambled. They gambled. They wagered that this you were... This guy's well-versed in the moving image. Moving yes. image. Yeah. Yes. Minneapolis. Totally. Yeah. They knew that you were doing it ironically. Yes. And not exactly. that you were actually yes. crazy they saw my pedigree and was yeah. like, this can't be serious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so then you got in shorts because you thought, you thought, well, pretty soon it's going to be warm. Exactly. So why wear long why pants? Why wear long pants? I don't have to change in the plane now. Totally. I'm just going to wear it. Because sometimes you're in the plane and you're like putting on pants. very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. <laughs> so you're like, I'm just going to wear the thing that I want to wear in Miami. I'm going to wear it yeah. in the Uber in Minneapolis. Or in totally. Minnesota. I'm surprised they let you on the plane with all those cameras. I was too, but weirdly when I said... even Back then, attendant, the climate was totally different. It was a completely right. different time. Yeah, it was back, then, <laughs> back then, it, it was, was totally closer different. closer to 9-11. Yeah. It was closer. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. We totally. had this dip where we yeah. didn't yeah. care Where's about it. There was right <laughs> a lull. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Trump was in office. You know, right. like, it was a different time. Right. Yes. People were focused on that. Um, I think people, when I said, I have these cameras on because I have a YouTube channel their eyes just glazed over and they're like, oh, this guy's a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's yeah. completely harmless. 
he's up his own asshole on a YouTube sort of journey. So like, we don't care. Yeah. I think if I had said I was making a film, I think that would have been a problem. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. No films, yeah. but yeah. yes to That's YouTube true. videos. Yes to YouTube. Because it's so, it's like, oh yeah, okay, no one gives a shit yeah. about your YouTube channel, yeah. you know? Um, so yeah, so I get on the airplane and... I ended up sitting next to this guy who at the time was like an investor in a barstool sports sort of like sports betting website. And he was like talking to me and was like, I, so part of, part of the conceptual sort of idea was that like, I would go to Miami and I'd try to go to all of the top 100 places in a week. And I would not know where I was going to stay each night. And I'd have to figure it out every night. Where is it? Wow. Wow. And at the time, Ubers were incredibly cheap. I probably could spend like, I could probably get all around Miami for a day for like, like 30, 40 bucks. It was like $5 a ride. It was like, yeah, it was was very kind of, it was just like a, it was, it was just a different moment. Subsidizing Ubers to put out, to put out. uh, It was was so easy. And then, um, Airbnb was also very cheap and there were like rooms for like $5 a night. Oh my god! So I just said what it. I just would hell? always go like the lowest settings and just like. End up in the were most... they were they in the in the neighborhood from Barbarian? <laughs> it was like yeah. <laughs> it was there was there was one night where I like ended up in like a five dollar um, Airbnb and it was just like it was some guy had just gutted his house and had just stacked bunk beds like probably Whoa. seven oh bunk God. beds Whoa. all across like just imagine like bunk bed here bunk bed here and like, like a military all across. and then just have like these raw mattresses just like on the bunk beds and then like that was it and so i like crawled it was into like a mine. hostel yeah it was, it was basically like a diy hostel and there was this weird thing where like he had a mirror like a mirror wall that i think he used to like watch people fire out. he was in there yeah because he, he basically <laughs> created like he bisected his house in half so he lived in one side of the house and had a mirror to like watch what was happening on the other side that's great it was insane um cool. wow but yeah. you said you were a youtuber so. yeah i said it was a youtuber <laughs> were you alone you in that room um well it was at so when i first got in there it was it was packed like every single bunk bed had someone in it and Whoa. then by the time the morning came i woke up and everyone had gone yeah, were they all workers? Yeah, they're yeah. all workers, and nice. and yeah. the rental sort of transportation crisis in Miami is like insane. And I think that the math that a lot of people had done was like it was cheaper to sort of migrate and stay in these like really really cheap Airbnbs. Um, so that was like that was very sort of that was very sort of humbling. Just like damn, this place is pretty. Yeah, there's some issues here. And here you are. It's your playground of art. Exactly. And, and I'm yeah. just tromping on in yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it so of, interesting? Isn't this yeah. fascinating? Wait, so, okay, you're on the plane and there's a investor for Barstool. Oh, yeah, betting. yeah. Well, that was his whole thing. I actually never got in the movie, but essentially I didn't know where I was going to sleep. And he said, I'll let you stay at my house in Key West. I didn't know where that was. Turns out I was like four hours outside of Miami. It's very far away. <laughs> okay. But he was like, you can stay at my, ho- my house in Key West if you film my um, if you film my friend's wedding with all your GoPros. And that didn't end up in the movie? No, because he threatened to sue me if I <gasps> used the footage. Right, yeah. It was a whole thing where it turned out the guy was like a producer for Avatar. And so when I got in there, there was oh like... <laughs> Wait, so we can go we can go to the Avatar IMDb and find this guy's name? I think so, but now I'm wondering if I should have <laughs> I mean, it doesn't it was, matter. It, it was, it's like, it was a very odd evening. Wait, I was wait, like, so you filmed, the, you filmed and, the wedding, yes. and then you said, hey, by the way, is it cool if I'm putting him in the thing? He's like, I'll sue you? Or was he like, hey, by the way, buddy, if you use this, I'll sue you? Like, we can also that's, cut this it, out later. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, it was more... I think I sort of was a piece of shit. I think I... You were being a piece of shit. I write. Yeah. I I didn't... He wanted me to edit a wedding video for him, but I feel like didn't want to pay me. And I was like, well, like, I'm not going to edit. Like, he's wanting to shoot it. If you want the footage, you can have the footage. But he wanted me to edit it. And so we got in this, like, fight over text. And he was like, if you ever use that footage, I'm going to sue you. <gasps> um, so, like, it Damn. ended up not... Yeah, I ended up not doing that. That is too bad. Yeah, it was it was it was really wild. Um, so that's so then that's a part of where you stayed. You stayed there part. Yeah, so I stayed there part time. <laughs> I stayed there one night, and like it was really interesting because his like. And the, you filmed the wedding. I filmed the wedding. Wow. Yeah, okay. I, I filmed the wedding. I. That's crazy. It was crazy, and as I was leaving, this guy. Oh well, also his brother kept calling me. He he kept being like, "So who's the faggot that's here?" Nice. Like he was just like. 
that was just what he called me for the rest of the time. Yeah. And so it was just like very, it was just like very matter of fact. He's like, oh, hey, wow. um, so who's the faggot this year? Like, <laughs> he's like, hey, faggot, can you come yeah. check this wow. thing out? And I'm like, okay, for they sure. They do things different wow. in Florida. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, as we were leaving, he's like, hey, faggot, I want to show you this gun collection I have. And so he like wow. takes me over to his wow. like Wow, did you feel like threatened by that? Or do you think that literally was just a very, like that was a word that did not carry any weight for him? Or do you think, think he was trying to make truly, you feel intimidated? I think he thought it was funny. And I think he thought okay, that like, okay. You know, I, I don't know. It just didn't carry any weight. I, I think that's partly like what the vibe was. <laughs> yes, um, and partly why we have to change the legacy of South Florida. Yes, why we're right, right, right. So, right. Yeah. so then he was like, um, he opened up the back of his truck and he just was like all these Pelican cases of like, like automatic weapons. And he was like, this is if Obama ever gets back in office. Oh Wait, God. so this was after the Trump had been <laughs> after <laughs> Trump had been elected. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So and I was, was like, like so how is like, that possible? If he like coos and gets a third Yeah, gets a third run at it. I was like, look, I'd be pretty upset too if Trump <laughs> got a third run at it. Yeah, facts. <laughs> um, but, also like you can only really just use two of those guns. Exactly. Because you only have two hands. What totally. are you gonna do with that? And I know that guy was on the front lines in Pelosi like in Pelosi's office, just fucking having a ball. And like, this was the the brother of the producer of Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Or like no no no, it was the brother of the guy that I was staying with whose friend Please. was the producer. Oh, producer <laughs> Avatar was like, my buddies... Okay, it yes. doesn't matter because that's, yeah. that's not the meat, yes. but it is a great story. <laughs> yeah, but it's a great detail it. to yeah. zero in on. It is a good detail to zero in on. I do want to figure out... nail that down. Yeah. I do want to yeah. figure out exactly... I'll say we got Steve Smith in the chat. Hi. Oh, we hey, got Steve. Pedro. What's up, Steve? Annabelle says in Florida that word just means friend. It's so true. Yeah, it's funny. So you get, but so you make this Miami video, which yeah. everyone should see. You've tr where you're trying to find the top 100 mm -hmm. places. Wait, this it's is actually funny. before yeah. I, I have one little because we have to we have to go macro okay. the yes. whole thing. But I am curious about this one last thing about the video. <laughs> what I really like about the video, it's one of those classic videos where you think you're watching one thing, but then at the end, it's about your feelings. Yes. And yes. did you yes. know? And it's about a relationship. So did right. you know up top that that's what you were? Did you go? You were like, I'm gonna figure out the the feelings part at the end, or were you like, that's gonna be the framing? I think that I was that knew, true. First of all, that you had yeah, a it, yeah, it, it it was, and it was sort of this like, yeah, I I I I genuinely was in a moment of like wanting to sort of self actualize, but also feeling incredibly self conscious about doing that, and knowing that it's sort of an impossible thing. And then also feeling like maybe if I do some grand like art project, I'll like figure out who I am or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up realizing it was just like had to do with how I related to relationships and stuff like that. So I think I figured out what I was actually doing, but at the time I had finished it. And then I kind of weaved that new understanding in once I had started editing it. Great. And I started just acting out these little fantasies and yeah. Great. Okay. That, that was my question. Beautiful. Good answer. Yeah. Nice. So you make the Miami video. Yeah. And then Borscht goes, yo, you're in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you moved to Miami. Yes. Yeah. So I, I had in Minneapolis, I had started like a gallery in my house. I started like a little art gallery that was okay. like in the bottom of my Similar house. Similar to the guy who started the Airbnb. Exactly. Yes. So sort of, I got inspired by that. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, so I had I had started doing like public programming and like interested in like building I don't know, I, I got excited about like collectives and like building a scene and like building kind of these like little regional moments of like where people were all interested in a similar thing in Minneapolis. And um then from there I had like gotten a good amount of experience of like just bringing people together and also I was doing some work over in like the University of Minnesota where like I would do classes and stuff like that. So I'd like sort of also uh, hand in some kind of mentoring educational stuff. Um, but honestly, honestly, like pretty like uh, underqualified for some of the things I was doing. Mm. Um, and then when I got down to Boris, I just saw that there was this potential to kind of like organize these internships and programs they've been doing with like younger filmmakers in the area and kind of like just help facilitate it into like an actual program. And so I helped them like organize it and like just like make it official and um, built a kind of a curriculum. And then I started real, working. So you were responsible for that sort of like, like all of our friends who were, who did the, the, yeah. the Borscht thing, like you had set that up as like a yeah. structural wow. feature yeah. of the, and before that, what, they, there was no They just had them? interns. Okay. And I was 
I came on and said, I think that there's a more meaningful way to do this and that like there's potential here to not just have it be your learning on set. Cause I also saw that like, for the most part, these interns like weren't really able to function at the level that oftentimes we needed them to. So it was more like they weren't learning that much and they also weren't helping that much. Yeah. So I was like, well, at least let's get them making stuff because that's like, at least they leave here having benefited in a more like, you know, like material skill building way. Um, so you turn it almost like into a, like an art school or yeah. like a kind of art summer camp or something. Exactly. Yeah. I was kind of like, I was interested in like, yeah, some of the sort of different types of art movements that had like kind of created some sort of art education element of it. And, um, so yeah, so I, I just sort of organized a program and we just, and we did like a pilot summer program that that's how I met Pedro is we sort of opened up applications and I created sort of a, it was like a two month long or three month long program where like we would have a filmmaker who would start off each week and then like give a little lecture and then kind of like assign a prompt to make stuff. And then the follow, and then the stuff that they make, we'd then show the following like guest speaker and they'd kind of give comments on it. And then they give their sort of talk and then they would suggest their sort of prompt. But it was cool. I mean, we had That's like, so cool. yeah. And, 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 and it was cool because Borscht had this big sort of network. So we had like John Wilson do it. We had like Barry Jenkins do it. We had like all of these great filmmakers that Daniels did it who like, we're interested in sort of trying to sort of like, <clears throat> I don't know, just I think make filmmakers or offer filmmakers an opportunity to get a better sense of their creative vision and stuff like that. Wow. Yeah, it was cool. Did you ever think about whether Felipe and I should have done it or could have done it? Because <laughs> it seems like all these people at RISD did. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. thinking about that now. Did you apply? I didn't, <laughs> but I didn't know about it. Right, right, right. So that's right, problem right. number one. I think you guys would have been a great fit. I didn't apply either. Right. Mm. I only had about, I could only bring down like so many white dudes from the East Coast. There was a, sure. there was a quota and it For was sure. like one. So, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah so, cause a, a lot of it was, I mean, it was, it was mostly Miami filmmakers yeah. and then, I thought it was important to like bring in people from around the country who could somehow make it work because I feel like that, you know, you just, people are making different things in different places and that's important. Yeah. Yeah. Just so I understand it, like did this new version of the internship program that you helped create, yeah. did it also mean like some a bigger investment on Borges' part, like a bigger capital investment, meaning like did they house people or did they like, or did they give up on like, were these interns supposed to be like working on set and then they no longer were like, was there some sort of compromise where they were like, all right, we give this up or we, you know, I was kind of like, I was very pro. We're just going to, we're going to try to give, we gave them a stipend and gave them grants to make stuff. Um, and if there were opportunities for them to do things for us, like PA or whatever, um, we would offer that but only as something that they could do if they wanted to or if they wanted the experience. But it really wasn't a work exchange. It really was more of a paid like fellowship for them where we gave them money to make stuff um, and paid, we, we paid for the travel in like there and back. And then we paid for food that they ate during the fellowship and it was like twice a week. Um, and we had they gotten eat, they a would eat twice a week. Yeah, we'd meet twice a week. No, they would. They would eat, eat only yeah. twice a week. Yeah. Yep. That's good. Totally. That's how you cut on costs. Yeah, that's what we said. You can only eat twice a week. It was like part of a fasting thing that we did. Um, I was inspired by that. Um, yeah, so we we had fundraised for that specific sort of program. I see. Okay. Yeah. I understand. So there was like budget for that. Okay. Yeah. So that went through until. That went through until I think the. Yeah, that basically happened until, um, yeah, until basically we stopped doing the program that summer, or sorry, not that summer. You don't know what I'm talking about. Um, what what is summer of the summer of 2019? We 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 finished the summer program, and then we um, started. We decided that we were just going to wait out to see where things were going to go with the movie that we were working on, and then. We would kick back into it come, you know, the spring. And and that never happened. You you have this video called The Cheese Challenge, I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. And it takes place in the Borscht office. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it involves two Borscht people. <laughs> yeah. Is that what it was like 
every in, day every day yeah. at worst <laughs> during the, their time there i mean yeah it was it was actually sort of like that I mean, there was there was like i mean what was great is that everyone was always working on stuff and like you know bugging each other and you know it was always a little bit of a mess and like the door was pretty much always open and people came and go like at all nights at all hours of the night i mean we had to be sort of more structured about it later on but I mean, people just came in that were in the program or who had, we had offered kind of in-kind support to if they wanted to come in and edit something for a project then they could. We had like maybe five or six editing computers. And so it was very like loose. And we had like a pull down screen where we had set up like where we could watch rough cut screenings of things. And um, it was very, it was like, no one was very precious about things, which was very cool. And what happens in Cheese Challenge? Challenge? What happens in Cheese Challenge is um, Pedro pranks a friend of his by throwing a slab of cheese on his bald head. And it's really funny. That sounds funny. It's yeah. really, really funny. It would be funny in the chat also. It. Lena's sharing the link. Someone asked for the link to the Miami movie, but they said, send the link to the movie, and Steve put the link to Avatar. We really? Avatar. I did not. That's, that's funny. funny. And then Lena put that's the link funny. to Avatar. Nice. Yeah, so people would be funny. Yeah. Um, people are just having fun. I love it. Just having fun in the chat. <laughs> and that's what we like to see. <laughs> <laughs> um, it seemed like... Every time I've met people who've been in Borscht, I was like, that sounds so fun. Yeah. And the thing yes. I wanted to do after it, totally. college. It sounds to me like, I, will, I think I've talked about this on the podcast where there's this documentary called Beauty's Embarrassing about Wayne White, who makes puppets. And uh, he worked on Pee Wee's Playhouse. Wow. And the way they describe what it was like working there was like, yeah, we were making Pee Wee's Playhouse, but in the basement, we were just making puppets and doing other puppet shows. Totally. And I remember seeing that when I was in high school and being like, that's what it'll be like to be an artist. And you'll <laughs> yeah. just be like fucking around in a basement somewhere. And then this actually sounds like, had that uh, it, it did and it was like totally unsustainable like there was, there was there was no world when i think back on it that this thing could have ultimately lasted very long because it was i think it i think it's really tough to have these really sort of condensed super focused super insular moments where like everyone's working on stuff and that's all they're thinking about i think things get lost in the mix and people like kind of start not treating each other very well. And mm. I mean, it's the thing that you see classically in like a lot of collectives. It's like the intensity is what makes it beautiful, but it's also the intensity that makes it implode. And I think that was always sort of going to happen. Um, but it was like beautiful, like burn bright, but fast you know, yeah. and yeah. hard. So you're saying yeah. slow and steady wins the race. Yeah. yeah, but it's also like so much less, it's so much more boring. And <laughs> yes. like... I don't think like these explosive moments also result in like people doing something new. Yeah. And, like yeah. it kind of just echoes out and then like something else sort of happens. And I think that can be fun, but also it can be sort of intense and like sort of damaging in some ways too. Yeah. Yeah. It also makes me think about just when you're in a kind of moment like that, it's like the power of everyone's belief in the thing that you're doing is like powering it forward. And it's just like, as long as everyone agrees that yeah. they're committed to this and yep. that this is cool and it's exciting, and it's meaningful that we're here in Miami and we're doing this, like then it's good. But well, things become complicated just because it, yeah. how many, how and many it becomes a cult. That's what happens. Classes, so to speak, were there. Um, there were and so how much credit did you get? <laughs> no, I guess I mean like, but I do uh, just to clarify. I mean like, uh, you know, sort of like groups of people. You know what I mean? Like, how many summers did it go, and how many? How it many went times two did summers. It, two summers. It went two summers, and um, and and we did one year long, and the year long, I mean, I I was again like I was desperately trying to like make it seem like I knew what I was doing, but like I really didn't, and I was constantly I was trying to like learn how to structure i mean i was like totally out of my element and honestly coming out of it i'm just like if you're gonna be involved in young people's lives creatively you have to have some sort of background or training because like otherwise it's borderline like irresponsible mm. and i think we did a year-long program where we were like meeting with everyone once a week and i think it just was like yeah when i when i think back on it i, I think i learned a lot of lessons about like how to structure stuff and like you know how to how to keep people invested in and mobilizing and making creative things or like you know making stuff and um i think the year-long one didn't work quite as well i, I think we didn't have the 
I didn't have the capacity to actually stay with a fellow for a year yeah. while they worked on, or like, or a school year while they worked on something. Right. Mm, well, because then at that sense. point you have to basically become like a docent. Exactly. Like yeah. a full time. And an educator. And I yeah. was none of those things. Right. I was a filmmaker that just kind of <laughs> liked helping people. You're an actor That's and cool. a director. I'm an actor right? and a director. <laughs> well, but that's so much cooler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Interesting. So then now, I mean, I don't want to skip too far ahead, but yeah. like, do you still consider yourself to be like involved in academic art world stuff or like Not at education, all. nonprofit? No. no, I'm out of that game. It's a young man's game. So I want to, I want to hear then it ends, it ends in 2019. Yep. Is that when Boris ends. And then what did you do? After that, I went home, pandemic hit basically. And then my dad was dying. So I had to take care of him, which was really hard. Um, and I did that for, um, did that, for, yeah, for almost a year. And then when he passed away, I stayed around for another couple months. And or, home was, hmm? it, was this in Minneapolis? No, so no. this was, so I'm from the Bay Area, from like San Francisco area. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. So I went back home, took care of my dad with my sister and my mom. And we did that for about a year. And then when he passed away, we were maybe in the Bay Area for another like six months and then I moved down to LA and my sister did too we wanted to be close to my mom and I wanted to be near my sister and all that so yeah. and that's currently where I am that's where you've been this yeah. whole time yeah very yeah. nice and what does your sister do because I'm gonna we're gonna tee up Sarah's question okay uh my sister you is already a, know what Sarah's gonna ask that's right well yeah. we, she's asked it <laughs> we, we sort of put a pin in it earlier yeah. what we put a bit in it. You oh, were doing yeah. tech. Maybe I was doing tech so, during that time. Yeah. yeah. Okay, go go on. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, I wish we could have acted like you just did know what I was going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Like, we, we were, were better at podcasting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We'd have a face for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lena is a very talented filmmaker as well. And because I also am a talented filmmaker. Um, <laughs> uh, Lena is a filmmaker. She's also a writer. And she also acts and stuff too. She's also an animator. She also designs stuff. She's like all has all kinds of wonderful talents. Um, and she came to Florida um, while I was at Borscht and she kind of, she was like making stuff. Um, she was sort of in the mix. She worked on this great film called Dear Maria um, yes. in Borscht and helped. That, that was something that like, I think the, 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 the Borscht community helped kind of her feel confident enough to make and, Gave her feedback. We did rough cut screenings. We, you know, and she showed that at, at Borscht. So she got to experience the kind of brain trust that helped, I think, bring people's work into existence. Um, and yeah, now she's... So you let her in. I let her in. Okay. <laughs> I let her in. Yeah, there's a little bit of nepotism. <laughs> little bit of nepotism. Although she didn't... Okay, to be fair, she didn't do the program officially. She like kind of... She Even came worse. I know, right? It's actually so much worse. Totally. <laughs> she kind That's of just funny. he just hung out. Um, no, but she was. Um, she also, I think, came to help out with the with the film festival. So, she came and I think was really focused on uh, Biscorp, which was kind of uh, that was came out of the um, the fellowship program that I'd run, and part of the fellowship program was that they had to at the end of each like program run Cre create their own fellowship program yes <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> i was like i was like you guys have to do your own film festival and like do everything yourself and put that on and so they were like borscht is kind of boring and cringe and corny it's all a bunch of millennials we want to do something different and so they created biscorp as kind of like borscht is cringe yeah 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 uh -huh. yeah, yeah yeah um so they're like we're gonna do our own thing and it's gonna be like totally different and so that's where Biscorp sort of came about, and that's where like Baby Wave sort of came about, and that kind of thing. I don't know what Baby Wave is. <laughs> right, 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 right. right. You were gonna pretend right, like you right. knew. You were gonna pretend like you knew. And just to that be was clear, a test. I just made that up. Baby Wave. Just yeah. to be clear, we don't care about this. We are just letting you defend yourself for why Lena is in the program. <laughs> oh, right, 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 right. So reeling it back, reeling it back. Um, so, so Lena, pet talented younger sister, also yes. makes movies. Yes. Sarah, tee it up. Oh, that's right. I was reading the chat, but um, I just have always been jealous of people whose siblings are like artistically aligned with them. Yeah. You know, I have an older brother. I love him very much. He's very supportive of me, but he has no interest in filmmaking or stand-up comedy or anything like that. And I just like, oh, but if he did though, 
that would be really cool because we've known each other for such a long time. Totally. And, yeah. Totally. So did you guys know when you were kids, you're like, we're like Coen Brothers style? I think that we, there are pictures of us like building a l- elaborate sort of stuffed animal dioramas and things like that. So there was a collaboration from the very beginning. Um, but we, yeah. And we it's like, great when little regional moments like yeah, that Yeah, there was sort place. of a regional yeah. scene at yeah. that time <laughs> of stuffed animal sort of sculpture. Um, but yeah, so they, like me, me and Lena have been sort of, I think, all, just also very interested in similar things. We have the same sense of humor. I think that's major. We have a similar interest in like visual art. Um, I think Lena had a, has a similar interest in like a lot of the same movies and a lot of the same like performance art stuff. And so I think in college we had a lot of similar interests too, just in like who like the stuff we liked and like in music. We just have a similar taste in things. And then I think out of college when Lena was like started to make her own stuff, she worked at Super Deluxe and started making her own like little web series that like never was put out super deluxe tanked but it was very like i loved it and was very inspired by it and that was when i was like lena is a peer you know like whoa my sister's got shit that goes yeah Yeah. exactly i'm like i'm like i'm gonna learn from her on things and i think also because she's she approaches things from being more of a writer and like i'm not as confident as like sort of writing things on paper i think that um I, I, I like that and I learned from that. So I think we also have different ways of doing things, which makes it always sort of interesting. Yeah. But yeah, she's, I mean, I, I think she's amazing. She, she's been doing, um, every month she's been doing a reading in Los Angeles, kind of forcing herself to like read like a sort of a, like a sort of a prose story piece that she's written and they're awesome. So I cool. think that's all going to result in something exciting. That's cool. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you ever get, jealous or do you guys are you guys ever gunning for the same thing no no i truly not i mean i i i can't even really imagine because i also feel like we we make different things and we have maybe similar sort of aesthetic qualities but i also think that like um we're like interested in different i think we make things differently so we arrive at different endpoints because we have different sort of ways of doing things and i don't know i just i just want I just want the best for her and I truly like mean that, you know, and I, it's, I know it sounds, it's like hard to believe, but it's true. Like I, I can't really imagine feeling threatened by her. Yeah. It would, cause I just, I just want the best for her, you know? Mm. Yeah. I could, I could imagine wanting to destroy your <laughs> wanting to just end their career. Um, so, so then now this dovetails with Harrison's interview. So you and Harrison work together on yeah. neighbors, Yes. which yeah. is a short that, doesn't well no one can see right no one in the chat I'm can take share this call for a second okay for sure okay. sorry <laughs> sam's getting a phone call <laughs> yep for sure um, never happened before okay <laughs> <laughs> all right cool <laughs> uh but um we were talking about it yesterday and it was really interesting and i think i mean it's it's kind of hard to talk about since it, it you can't see it although there is a version of neighbors or there's like mm-hmm. a pre-short mm-hmm. yeah that inspired yeah, yeah. the short yeah um, were you involved with that pre-short? Yeah. Is that yeah. called Neighbors too? Yep. There's actually two pre-shorts. Two pre-shorts. <laughs> yes, there's so, two pre-shorts. Don't okay. like you know. Yeah, oh, yeah. Fuck. Um, there's <laughs> two, two pre-shorts. And actually, so the first the first short that, they, that it was Neighbors related came out of Harrison and Sam did the program that I was doing in, in Miami the second summer. So they came down and the prompt, I think maybe it was from like, I think maybe it was like Penny Lane or like... Um, Maybe it was like a John Wilson prompt or something, but it was like, I think it was, um, I, ha- I can't remember what, what the prompt was, but they basically made this video where Sam had been like going and finding all these insane neighbor fights and he had made like a found footage film that was combining all of these neighbor fights together from stuff he'd found online. And I think both him and Harrison were really inspired by that. And so they made their own neighbor dispute where they were like different neighbors who were like battling each other. And so they made that as a part of the program. And then I think, so I kind of like, you know, only helped in that, like I gave them feedback on it and said, go do it. Like, that's a great idea. And then for like one of the final films that they made, we actually like hired actors and did like two actors fighting, having a neighbor dispute. Yes. Um, That's the one where the guy's in the garage. Yes. The guy's in the garage. And actually Sam, actually, I don't want to, out him but sam sam took a little bit of a 
of the GoPro like version that they first did. And it involves like Sam's a gardener and he like he moves his head around and you see just like a dead body under a tarp and he like covers it and keeps gardening and like then the neighbor dispute happens. He took just that like little clip of a dead body under a tarp while he's gardening and put that on Reddit and now like everyone thinks it's real and is like, who Whoa. is this guy? We need to fucking take him down. Oh like, my God. Yeah, it's Whoa. so funny. That rocks. It's, yeah, he did that today. That was, Wait, that was today? Yeah, he just did that today. Yeah. Wow, I hope I hope that the Redditors don't find this and I that know. they keep thinking it's real. I know. Who is wow. Sam? Sam is Harrison's brother. Oh. Sorry, I, I, I should make that clear. Nice. Harrison's brother. So Harrison and Sam made these two neighbor films that I was sort of involved in. And... Um, Wait, um, in the chat, can you post whatever Reddit thread this is going viral in? Because I would love to, at some point, totally. read the yeah. comments <laughs> totally. and see what people are That's saying. Amazing. Yeah, they're they're insane. Yeah. I think Har- if if Harrison's still listening, and I think he's with Sam right now, so he should he should post it. Damn. Um. Yeah. So we we did that. We they like made those two films, and then I think the pandemic happened, and then Steve Smith, who's in the chat right now, um, approached me about like do you have a, like a idea for a series? And um, I had helped them with these neighbor things and we had talked about like a neighbor show. And I was like, yeah, I think like, what if we did a show that was about neighbor disputes across the US? And then Steve basically was the one that actually made it real and got it off the ground and stuff. Yeah. Thank you, Steve. Thank, Thank you, Steve. Steve. It's interesting. It makes me think of, I was thinking this when you're talking about uh, that's hard working with kids because, you know, their lives are sensitive and you can totally. really fuck them up. Also seems like it's hard making something like Neighbors because you're working with real, seemingly maybe mentally ill or disturbed oh people. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, you're yeah. recording them and putting them on blast. Right. Um, so it seems stressful in kind of a similar way to me where I'm just like, oh totally. gosh, that's kind of like overwhelming. To, yeah. It is. And it's absolutely messy. I'm not going to pretend that like <laughs> it's a good thing. Like, I don't know that what we're doing is a value add to the world. Um, but I, what I do think is sort of interesting is that both subjects, both pairs that are in the show, they, everyone, regardless of like, yeah, who they are, what their background is, they all watch reality television. Mm. All of them love it. Mm. And I think they're actually very aware of themselves as characters. Mm. Totally. And there was a moment where like one of the characters had this big blowout and as they're shutting the door, they like she like winked at us, and we're like, "Oh damn!" Like you're she's like playing. You're like up. in on this. Well, That's you had so also funny. said that when we were talking yesterday, you said that when these neighbors try to take their problems to court, the thing they're advised to do is to document everything. Yeah. Document mm-hmm. everything, which totally. is something that we talked about with Harrison, the sort of famous like you know, uh, I'm allowed to record you. You're not allowed to record. Yeah. Like people yes, holding yes. up their phones and basically like almost like shooting each other with their phones. Totally. Um, and I, it makes me wonder whether, I mean, you know, they're in a sort of tough position, but they're like, well, if I get to, f- if I, this camera crew films my side of things. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, it's going to benefit me in the end. Totally. That's exactly right. I think that part of our function in their minds is, we we are creating we're documenting the ways that they're right right and like we're providing material to their broadening case of like total righteousness and that also opens up opportunities for people to kind of like be very vulnerable and be very direct about what is happening even if they're totally wrong and i think like you know feeling that like the camera is always on your side and will always side with your version of things is I think something that we've all learned is absolutely not true. But I think there's still a lot of people that really believe that and really believe that like, oh, if people just saw this video, they'd know I'm right. And again and again, they see the video and they're like, sorry, dude, this is still, you're not right, you know? Right. And that's the perfect kind of context or auspices under which to make like a documentary style show. Because people, you're filming want it to happen yeah they want to be on totally. film and definitely want to tell their story definitely totally definitely it makes me think of like um in the 1930s i think someone wrote this book about us now praise famous men i can't think of the name of the author it was like funded by like grants from the u.s government to like go into the middle of the country prairies and just like film or not film like record the stories of ordinary people and everyone they would encounter would be like really you want to hear my story no way. I don't really have one. But people aren't like that anymore. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah, like, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll talk to the camera. I have a good story. Yeah, yeah, yeah really this belongs story. on TV. And I've been waiting for someone to like come and like listen to me talk about this. I yeah. think that like right now making doc stuff or recording people 
real people, I think you are immediately in conversation with like all the reality TV that they've watched in their life. Mm. And that wasn't the case 10 or 15 years ago. And so I think that everyone, it's part of the broader cultural sort of imagination that everyone thinks that maybe there could be something that could happen in their lives that can make them famous. Yeah. And all that has to, all that has to happen is some kind of moment of serendipity or conflict or something. And, and they themselves could be famous. And right. Cause it's like the second, yeah. it's like the second goal. It's like first goal, let me get all the information on screen so that if right. I go to court, but then the second goal is like, maybe I don't even have to be this person's neighbor anymore. Totally. Cause I can become famous <laughs> Totally, and I can get rich and have a different house yes. and totally. transcend the like limits of this, like neighbor uh, property dispute. dispute. Yeah. 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 And so I, I think that everyone's also aware that the version of themselves that is on camera is not who they actually are because they know they've seen it like reality television aesthetics at this point is so deconstructed. They're like showing the camera guy. They're showing yes. the thing. They're like, you know, it's so, but that's also part of the enjoyment is the feeling of like the more deconstructed it is, the more there's a reality that is real outside of the movie, like outside of the thing. And so they get to feel like, Oh, you know, I'm like, there's me, my real self. And then there's like the person I am on camera. And that actually is very like, gratifying so it's like okay so there's me and then there's the person i am on camera and that feels good i think because it makes them feel like they're in control and all that kind of stuff well also like trying to think about it but like um anytime that you're put into an artwork or or that you watch an artwork the fantasy is like what if my life was had was organized by narrative and yeah. like what if i'm mm-hmm. the conquering hero what mm-hmm. if i'm the like the victim and totally and like narrative does that and i mean people invent those narratives in their head but in life it's sometimes hard to get other people to sign on to your narrative to be like totally. i am the conquering hero and then you're like well if a camera's filming me i'll be i'll be one of those narratives totally and maybe i don't know maybe they're like maybe they're like hey even if i was the villain that would be okay because totally. at least i'd be like the exciting villain um I don't know. That's kind of the. I I I think that's that's right on, and I think that like I was explaining to this, I was, I was talking about this with Felipe yesterday, but that I think there is a like there is a desire at this point to not only to not just be the protagonist, but to be kind of like the victimized protagonist is like the best position to be in because you get to kind of have total sort of moral and ethical sort of green card because like you're the victim in this situation and you know, everything that has just happened to you and you're not responsible for any of the things that have happened to you up until this point. And so I think neighbor disputes also offer that to people where they feel like, oh, right, like it's just my crazy neighbor has done all these crazy things to me and I'm just trying to figure out how to deal with it and I'm going crazy. But like that position often just makes it so that they don't have to take responsibility for any of the things that they've done to aggravate it or to make things worse or anything like that. Yeah, well, it makes me think of like stand your ground laws, which is like you have, you can kill another person. Right. If it's under a context where you are being victimized, yeah. where like someone totally. is like, and in the, like, what is the lowest threshold of victimization that justifies you being able to kill someone? <laughs> and it's like, if they walk onto your property, yeah, yeah, like they yeah, walk yeah. onto your yard, you can end the person's <laughs> life. Yeah. So it's like, that's like, to me, the ultimate like victim, victim power. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, I'm looking at the Florida man accident. So this is the Reddit thread. Yes. Gonna, I can put it up on the I can put it up on the screen. You guys will see it tiny, but I'll just uh, flip it so you guys can see it a little better here. Oh, and it's like GoPro on top of Sam's head. He's yeah. wearing one of these like big round hats, and he's walking on this yard. And the comments are he's just walking in the yard. It's kind of a longer video, but the comments are mixed. A lot of people think it's staged. Right. But um so you see the foot. It's really subtle. Yeah. <laughs> show it again, show it again. So he walks and you see a foot underneath this black tarp and then he covers oh, wow. it. It's a little tuck. Wow. It's subtle. Little tuck. Wow. Yes. That's, that's smart. That's awesome. I wouldn't have done it that subtle. <laughs> no, and I think that's what makes that's people what makes so good. interested. Yeah. yeah, that was like that's some of that fishman brilliance right there. Okay, so this is under Reddit R slash unexpected and yeah. hear this r slash unexpected yeah and then the first tweet the first not tweet but the first post that's pinned it says op original post sent the following text as an explanation on why this is unexpected colon and then it was unexpected that a person was under a tarp while (laughs) videotaping about his beehive yes 
<laughs> so let me just like yeah. give some major credit here to Sam Fisherman because there are so many elements of this that are like really smart. Like he chose a very good piece of little clip. I also think it's very low quality, which I think is great. And also the way he titled it, I think it's like, it's like, it's sort of, it's sort of both kind of like comical, but also like maybe actually something is kind of surprising and weird about it. And also that text at the bottom just feels very like, just sort of banal. It's yes. like pretty cool, this guy doing these. It's just, I don't know. I yes. think there's so many elements to this that like Sam thought about and, and, and position that, that make it, I think what's happening right now. It's the right amount of like, it's the right amount curious. of stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. Working on every level. Um, this guy goes, if this is not fake, then a new level of stupid has just been unlocked <laughs> and enhanced. <laughs> and then someone says, don't test stupidity. It's limitless. Um, in today's world, with people literally posting their robbing of banks and stores online, it's very hard to tell if this is real or staged. That's kind of what like we've been talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So most people, I think most people, this guy goes, this is staged, right? Right. Right? See, these are the kind of big questions we're interested in. Is know? it staged? Is it staged? It's fake as fuck, lol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Why the fuck is the cunt wearing socks with his thongs? Damn. He's not wearing a thong. Oh, his thongs, that's the flip-flops. The flip-flops, yeah. They that might thong? be coming from a different place in the world. I think they say that in... Um, Australia? Australia, they call those flip-flops thongs. Damn. Um, so that's pretty cool. And that's, so that's pretty cool. Right that's now. happening right now as we speak. This is this is an unfolding situation yeah. right now. You should, you should text, uh, post the link to this to this to stream. this stream whoa <laughs> yeah. then we'd get a lot of people listening oh this is the last one and i just find it sweet this person says oh. hodor's moves says without all this gatekeeping can someone confirm if this is real or not <laughs> oh, wow. i like that they feel gate kept yeah like you guys totally. are gatekeeping, We're gatekeeping. Them. yeah damn yeah anyways well so people well, aren't sure people aren't sure but they're but they're interested but they're interested they want to know right? more totally. Yeah. yeah totally i'm interested so that's neighbors. So that's also yeah. So that's that's some neighbor stuff for you. So we are kind of coming up on the hour. For sure. Um, I wonder. Do you feel like is there anything else that you wanted to? Anything else that I wanted to talk about? No. I mean, I I think that um, I think that I've like, I think I've I've seen Pedro's and Harrison's come on and like I think you guys kind of asking about this like what is like the borscht sort of look yes that's right yeah, the, yeah, my yeah. theory that there's a borscht style yeah and so maybe you can i feel like that there it was more of a i think that there was a lot of um one quality of it is that it is low budget we're also trying to not spend that much money making stuff i think also that there is like an attention and care for like having there always be somewhat of a narrative like button at the end of things that mm. they were making. And I think like that might sound like not that important, but I think when you're thinking about like using multi-format and like playing with all kinds of different aesthetics, having a very simple narrative in place makes it feel like that something deeper is going on. And that was a very much like a Borscht thing was that like at the end of the day, we were all making <coughs> films. We were yeah. not making art. I mean, we were making sure being artful, but we were trying to make movies. <laughs> right. And that's ultimately what all of us want to do. None of us want to like keep making weird GoPro videos forever. We right. all want to mm. make movies. And so I think it was a way to test out our storytelling ability to some way, to some degree without spending that much money. And I think everyone was approaching filmmaking not directly from film school, but also either coming from it from like a visual arts standpoint or sculpture, but ultimately being interested in using like video as a way to tell stories cheaply and also in a way that's like very visually engaging and unique. And mm -hmm. I think also there's a sense of humor, like that's really important um, and like not taking yourself too seriously. Um, and also figuring out a kind of a model by which you can crank out a ton of videos in not that much time with not that much money and using GoPros and iPhones and screen capture. Those are all tools that were like very, very readily available and easy to use, um, that you could still make something visually sort of exciting with. Yeah. Um, I think that was, and I think like, like Harrison's, the way that he has like pushed the sort of language of like film through like 360 stuff but also through like the way he works with multimedia i think is like taking that and pushing it really far but also i know harrison like just made a commercial that 
did not have any of those things. And it was a really excellent, like commercial looking finished product. And I know that's also kind of where he wants to go, you know? So I think we're all kind of like, it's more like it was a sketchbook. Like mm. all these videos are kind of almost sketches for things that we want to do at, at a higher hmm. sort of scale. So you don't want to get a GoPro movie up on the big screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've, you know, I've actually, I've thought about it. There's like a catalytic converter crisis happening in LA and I'm kind of interested in, oh, in, in make, that. Making a movie about that? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. That's really interesting. Yeah. You should talk to Caroline about that. She got her stolen? Yep. She got her Damn. 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 Yeah. Do you feel like now being in LA, you have the desire to have a kind of scene like you had in Miami? Or things are different in a different part of your life? You're seen as Hollywood yeah. execs. Yeah. Exactly. I'm more in the sort of Hollywood like scene. Yeah. yeah, totally. Um, you know, honestly, I feel not interested in, <laughs> in being a part of uh, our sort of a really intense artistic community or or collective. I think um, I think it was it was really like meaningful at the time, but um, it also takes a toll. And like, I don't want to go through what I went through again um, because it's just kind of. I don't know how much it's worth it. And also it's a, again, it's a young man's game. Like our collectives are a young man's game because you're like dealing with a lot of drama. You're like sort of, it's just so intense. And I'm trying to like build a sustainable life for myself. I'm in my fucking thirties. You know, <laughs> like yeah. I want to like, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to sort of figure out how to have a more, um, just like a more sustainable approach to making stuff that um, isn't so sort of hot and cold and extreme. Well, it also seems to me like it's harder. I mean, there are there are like collectives in cities like New York and, and L.A., but it's like a little harder because there's such a big, like when you're a little island of stuff in a place where there's not much stuff happening, you yeah. can kind of, you have like a microclimate that you can control. Totally. But in a place like New York, yeah. I mean, there are scenes, there are people who work together, yeah. but it's harder to kind of keep that contained, um, especially when you have like, I mean, in L.A., you have like the actual film industry that's sort of like poaching people and um, Definitely. I, 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 that said, I do think that there's some really great, like off Hollywood, whatever that means, stuff happening in Los Angeles. Um, you want to drop some names? <laughs> you were in just in one. I was just in one. Yeah. I'll, I'll plug um, Alex Warren's movie Dogleg. I think that is actually a pretty good slice. There's like a good amount. There's filmmakers act in it. And there's like, it kind of gives a good sort of like litmus test of the type of things that are getting made in Los Angeles right now. And I think there's like another screening on the 29th and then on the second as well yeah Do you, okay here in new york yeah here in new york oh, cool. yeah well, you heard it here first yeah, yeah. we didn't really there talk you know. about go it go check it out because you guys didn't see it but i saw it now uh, we should go see it on the second let's go see it okay cool but i'm not gonna see because I, like I already saw it, it. God, Philly already saw it. I, already I heard saw that eric rahel did a legendary q a he did yeah. it was so funny it was Wait, so funny. i just want to narrate it real quick <laughs> but like we saw this we talked to eric rahel right before and he's like, yeah, I'm doing a Q&A. And I said, have you seen the movie before? And he said, no. Because um, <laughs> Al wanted me to see it. Like, just see it right then. And I thought, I've never done a Q&A, but I thought you should write in my mind. I'm like, you got to see the movie before so you can prepare the questions. Anyway, so the movie's playing and the movie was like, it's it's kind of like, you have to sit with it. It's yeah, like kind do. of a head scratcher. Like, it's not narratively linear. It's like, and it takes you a second to understand what actually happens. And as it was ending, I was with Kelly and I like leaned over and I was like, if I was... If I was uh, Eric, I'd be like shaking in my boots right now. And he like goes up and he's like, he's like, all right, that dog, whose dog was that? <laughs> what was it like working with that dog? Yeah. And he just asked all questions like that. And so <laughs> I was, I was like, it was making me laugh a lot. It was great because he just had extremely specific questions and a lot of them. Yes. He just was like knocking him off. He just like, had noticed. What was the dog's name? What 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 was the name of that scooter thing? What was it? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, that what was the name drink? of that woman that oh, showed that up at the drink. at the end? You know. <laughs> he was like that duck at the end. He dived under the waves. Yeah. I was like, wait, I don't even remember the duck, but he just remember. He like, like such a close <laughs> viewing of the text. Yeah. Yes. It's funny. It's I think that's true. good because I always think when I see like a comedian who does kind of like a character uh, getting picked to do a Q and A, I'm like, huh, how are they gonna do that? But make the person yeah. who's talking about their movie feel like they yeah. get to say stuff. But if you ask little random questions like that, it's like a great hack. Cause well, I made Al. It was funny because an owl was also kind of copy. Like they were both doing the same cadence. He got totally. into that kind of southern mm. Eric Ray Hillesque <laughs> <voice>. Totally, <laughs> totally. They both started talking like that. Um, yeah. 
I have two more things. In, Fuck. You, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, okay? if I don't, I'm not in a hurry. But Sam, if you have to go, I know you kind of. They're fast. Uh, yeah, yeah. Go. Yeah, okay. Go. One is just um, what you're saying about scenes and our collectives and stuff just reminds me of this weekend at life world which is the space that i run with a collective of people we had this mpcc event that was um all films that hadn't gotten into any film festivals like a full day was cool. the, on the no cloud film the festival? no cloud film festival cool. which i think is a fun idea yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know i wasn't involved in any part of putting this event on or organizing it or whatever it's just like that's the space and i was at work during the day and i came during my lunch break and it was packed it was two o'clock you know on a sunday and it was that's full awesome. of people and it, people of all ages were there and someone had started a barbecue out on the sidewalk in front of it. Had brought their really? own grill. I wish I'd come. I didn't go. They hadn't asked us if they could do it. They hadn't mentioned That's it, which awesome. we love. Because so people are always like wanting to do extra ass shit that then we have to be like, well, we'll check with the landlord or, you know, whatever. Yeah, so like, just like, fucking do it and don't make it my problem. And I was just so like thrilled by it. And it made me think like, oh, what would it take to make it feel more like this space was like, owned by whoever wanted to just come and mm-hmm. fuck around mm-hmm. and i was like that would be cool but i don't think i could like, no but then, <laughs> yeah, but then <laughs> people but then people don't yeah. put the chairs totally, back totally, and they don't totally. clean totally. up and i'm not and 19 then... this isn't like a fraternity yeah. yeah i just can't live like that but it would be cool yeah, yeah. it's so. like a constant balance between like structure or no no structure and that's like do you like create very specific structures so that people only use it in a specific way or do you keep it totally unstructured so that everyone can have a blast with it? But both of them have like terrible consequences. Yes, yes. <laughs> and grave, there, grave there consequences. Is, there was this great book I, I actually didn't read. I know of and I read about it on Wikipedia, but it's called The Tyranny of Structurelessness. It's kind of mm. about how like... Oh, I've heard of this. I heard of an article called that. Yes, right. Okay. So I don't think anyone needs to read this book. Sure. Um, <laughs> so, but I, it, it's kind of about this idea that like in lack of in lieu of structure kind of new ways of organizing come about that are oftentimes way more um abusive and like terrible than if Mm. you had just created some type of structure that oftentimes maybe is a little hierarchical and that was like something i saw all the time like in in minneapolis or even at borscht like our attempt to make things like totally equitable and like no structure everyone do their own thing yeah fucking tyrants emerged (laughs) well you either get like the person who's the most charismatic or wants to take power yes Um, yeah yeah and then also it seems to me like if if you don't have structure, then the thing you have to replace it with is like a sense of uh, like everyone is really invested. So this idea of like the cult where it's right. like we're all invested psychically in this thing and in an equal amount. And you need like a kind of like mystical or like, you know, yeah. psychological kind of investment that then also leads to other kinds of. Yeah. There was someone who came up to me at the screening who was like, hey, I think my video got skipped. Um <laughs> Can you help? And I was like, no. I don't, <laughs> I do I don't know who's running this. Yeah. Just totally skipped. Warriors I went over to the computer. Yeah. Warriors and priests. Yes. And yes. Farmers yeah. emerge. Yeah. <laughs> there was no one sitting at the tech table. The films were just rolling. It was like a vacuum. Of, wow. Yeah, wow. So we just pressed play wow. on the VLC. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that was, I want to say that. And then the last thing is just, um, what are you doing next or excited about? Um, I'm, doing this thing with Harrison and Sam, this neighbors thing, obviously. Um, I've been sort of like trying, I've been like, I wrote a movie a a few um, years ago that I'm sort of trying to like finish writing. Um, And then I think, um, yeah, I, 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 me and Harrison have some other, um, have some other things, other sort of like nonfiction projects that we're interested in doing and pursuing. And I think we'll just kind of see what happens. I think our main, focus has been on on neighbors and trying to make that work sick yeah so we'll see fingers crossed fire okay cool um (laughs) i have a stomach ache so i think i'll stop yeah well you did a great job it's really thank you guys thanks for having me thanks for coming on raising man arena for all your wonderful chats thanks everybody in the chat um all right everybody thanks for listening good night good night night. raising man arena